Hey, everybody, it's Mike Rickon. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Madiv's Getting to Know Podcast. Today, I'm joined by our talent acquisition leader, the person charged with getting great new talent into the organization. This is Jackie Parkhurst joining us live from Alpharetta, Georgia. Jackie, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us today. Thanks so much, Mike. I am excited to be here. We're excited to have you. So, Jackie, how long have you actually, quote, been here with Madif? Um, exactly one year and one month. One year and one month. So you were on the Nina side for a minute, and then uh, we dropped this on you. So new new organization. Oh yeah. So we were getting things up and running as it was in Nina, and then um, about three months in, um, you dropped a huge bomb and decided to to you know, triple the size of the company. And so it's been a really, really fun six, seven months. It has been a fun six or seven months. So I love that attitude. What about this has been so fun for you? Because let's face it, there's some craziness, right? It is fun and hard. I think the fun part is building an organization, seeing, you know, people come together, seeing business units come together, really seeing the talent on both sides. I have been one of the lucky ones that have gotten to see kind of the org designs from inception as we looked at, you know, going through that process with internal candidates and then figuring out what activities and talents and backgrounds we need to look for from the outside that maybe we don't have internally. It's been it's been a pretty fun ride. It will be exciting to see it in a year or two once it's all kind of settled because we're still we're still going through it in some functions. How different is your sales pitch or the sales pitch that your team uses as you go out and market to, you know, potential potential employees to candidates than what it was during your short time with Nina? Yeah, I think it's a lot more exciting. So everyone that we have been recruiting, you know, they're coming in to build something for the most part. So you're building new processes. We obviously have a lot of room to grow in um, the activities, the policies, how we're looking at full orgs, um, even the system side of things. It It's really exciting for people who are a little stagnant in their jobs to come in and help, you know, build new programs for a brand new company, but not a startup. So what's really fun is like, we're a brand new company. We we closed July 6th of 2022, but we already have such a strong business and we had on the Legacy Nina and Legacy SWM side. So, you know, it's it's really pretty exciting to, to take that and then move it into what the new organization is. And before we were, we were a little bit more, I would say, specific to one material. And now it's kind of fun to say we are a global technical manufacturing company. That's the new kind of tagline. Um, and I think it's more exciting for people for sure. So the reception's been very, very good across the board. Are you, do you get people that um, are like, hey, that's, that's not for me? Or is there a lot of excitement? I think right now the market is a little strange anyway. I think we're going through a weird time um, in the economy, you know, we, we're coming off of COVID. Are we going to go through a recession? I don't know. And I think people are a little unsettled in the marketplace. So that in itself is a little bit more of a challenge. But it has not been a challenge selling 
the company. I think people are excited and people are really fired up about it. I mean, and a lot of them knew about it at the beginning when we first talked about it. So that was encouraging for sure. So I'm clearly a little biased having grown up in recruiting. And I guess in the interest of full disclosure, I've probably now known Jackie for nearly half of her life, having worked with her previous to coming to what is now Madiv. But I'm I'm biased here. I feel like talent acquisition is the lifeblood of everything that we do. How do you actually go about bringing that to life? How do you physically go find people to bring our ambition to life? So I think it starts internally. So like one benefit of being on talent acquisition is we're not specific to one business unit. We're not in one area. We get to see the full scope of the entire company. So, and globally. So when we go out and are really looking to attract talent, I, I think understanding internally what we need as an organization. So making sure that we're in lockstep with those hiring managers and those business unit leaders to understand what the job is today, where the job is going to be in the future, so that we can really find the right talent to come in and do what we need today and grow within the company. So I think the lifeblood in that is that we want people who are going to come in, really dig in, have a passion behind the organization and then grow within the organization. So the company doesn't work without the talent within it. And so not only looking at externals, but then also throughout some of these processes, you get to know some of the internals who might apply for jobs and understand what they want to do and helping to feed into, hey, I know we have this really specific channel marketing job. I know a finance person who wants to move into marketing, this might be a good transition for that person. And then actually seeing that happen, you know, that's what this is all about, right? Looking at, at the talent, bringing them in and, and developing them and giving them the opportunities that they want. What makes for a great hiring manager? We're going to create so many great hiring managers at Madiv, it's not even going to be funny. But That's what I like to hear because <laughs> it's the lifeblood of what we do, Jackie. It is. But I think um, hiring managers that are engaged in the process. So um, making sure that they know what they need up front. I think in org design, you know, we're building some of this as we go. So we've looked at some some searches and said, hey, listen, this is what we were looking for. Now that we've seen what's in the market and we see what how the business is kind of starting to run, let's adjust this a little bit and and change what we're looking for in the ideal candidate. So I think making sure that you're in lockstep with your hiring manager as a talent acquisition partner and in HR, but a talent acquisition person is looking for a hiring manager who is super engaged, who is quick with feedback, who knows what they want, who understands what they're willing to sacrifice given the talent in the marketplace, and then making sure that we're just working together on it. It's it's never going to be perfect, but there's a lot of times where it works really, really well. And, and actually, we've had a lot of really great hiring managers here over the past few months. I think I sent you some emails, right, of, yeah. of some processes that were just in lockstep and, and moving quickly. We'll see that more and more as we continue to grow the organization and learn the different functions and subfunctions within the groups. So, so you said that we have a bunch of great hiring managers on our way to a ton of great hiring managers, right? So I'm going to put you on the spot. Let's go 
podium of great Madiv hiring managers that start with bronze, which is amazing, third place, but amazing. Let's go bronze, silver, gold, the three best hiring managers with whom you have worked here at Madiv, present company excluded, of course. I'm going to go ahead and say right now, I believe my my gold star. I said bronze, silver, gold. Oh, bronze. Okay. I got to start with bronze. Can I say groups or do you want me to say actual humans? You can do both. All right. Let's say the finance group, Greg Weitzel, Frank Simsick. I would say they're bronze. They knew what they wanted. We tweaked some searches a little bit. It took a little time because finance searches take time, but they stuck with us and we, we had some really great, great. Searches. That's great. Yep. How about silver? silver? I would say, let's go with Mike Monahan. He's newer. Um, he joined about the same time as me uh, on the Nina side and now is Madiv. He is super engaged. So like he loves to send some stuff out on LinkedIn and he's really great with initial feedback, understanding the marketplace, um, loves to like try to get referrals, feels like the job of TA is partially his too. Like he is in charge of hiring the right person for his team with the TA person who's going to find them. Absolutely great. And Mike Monahan's had a lot of followership too, right? He's brought a lot of people along with him, which is- Which is gonna be my gold medalist is Jackson Pettit. All right. So I think Jackson totally gets it. He's so good at prepping his team before they interview. So, you know, a good hiring manager knows what they want, works with the team, um, gets feedback quickly, tweaks the search quickly. And then when we expand to full interviews with other subfunctions and whatnot, he has like a pre-meeting with that team to go through what the job is, tells them what he wants them to focus on. And that I think helps tremendously when we're moving into you know, making an offer because then everyone who's interviewed is on the same page and they're all looking for the same thing. So that's great. A lot of love for the industrials business unit, which I guess is important since they're our biggest and probably most global business unit. So that's, that's great. Is there a search that when it comes to you and your team that you're just fired up about that you just, you love that search, you feel great about it. You, you love the story, you love the sell. I think everyone on my team would probably say something a little different, right? So we all have, I think Nicole Green would get fired up about something totally different than um, maybe Brooke and I, Brooke Brown and I would get fired up about. So for me personally, I love sales. I love general management. I love like the folks that are cross-functional going out and really like selling our brands. I, I, I get super fired up about those types of searches. Always have. This is a tough question. I think I know the answer. I'm going to ask you to be super honest. What is the biggest pain in the ass search that comes your way? Executive assistant is probably the biggest it's true. pain point search that you will go through though we just hired a great executive assistant we did it's true it's and it's because those jobs are so important in the chemistry like any relationship partnership personally or professionally it's so important but those jobs from a recruiting standpoint are very very difficult is that what you thought i was going to say it's exactly what i thought you were going to say yeah and i know you know we've we've worked together for many years it's Oftentimes, you end up with your most senior recruiter doing those searches, right? Yeah, because you want to make you want to make a president happy. That's for sure. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
So uh, what are you finding is the biggest challenge in the candidate market right now? I would say right now there are two main focal points, and I think they kind of really impact each other. So one is compensation. I mean, inflation is crazy, and so people care about compensation more than they ever have, and you see it in people's job tenure, right? They're willing to jump ship after a year or two for a job that's going to offer more money. And and I think that's really hurting people's long-term careers because I don't think they're getting as much out of a job as they maybe could if they would settle in a little bit more. But then coming with that is a lot of declines. So a lot of people will take an offer and then go back to their current employer and ask for more money that way um, so that they can keep that tenure. And, and then they come back and decline us because their company is matching giving them more than what we've offered. So that's just the way the market is is running today. And we've seen it no matter what function, no matter what level, we've seen it in um, plant jobs as much as we've seen them in corporate jobs. So it's, uh, it's an interesting market for sure. Back in the old days when I was doing a lot of recruiting myself. Old, 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 old days. Old days. Accepting a counteroffer didn't usually work out well in the long run. Is that changing in this market or are you seeing something similar? You know, I think it's changing because it's becoming more common. I totally agree. Like I could sell someone who had taken our offer and gone back to their company. I could sell them on why that was such a bad idea and how it wasn't going to work out. Today, because it's happening so often, I think people – are more used to it. And, um, and there's a real fight for talent. So I think people really do want to keep good people because it's hard to, to recruit externally right now. I mean, you see even in restaurants and, you know, they're all short staff. That's no different than, than some of these professional functions as well. We, we don't have the same um, volume as maybe we once did. So Jackie, switching gears a little bit from a personal standpoint anyone who's worked with you will will recognize that you're a little fiery you've got strong views on things you're not a wallflower um where does that come from i think that comes from and you probably even know this answer i'm guessing but i think it comes from my my dad Is that what you were going to assume I say? That is. But the listening audience doesn't know Tony Hagen. Right. Exactly. So so my dad is um, – he and I have very, very similar personalities. We have a lot of energy. I wake up and work out every morning at 530, um, which then feeds into just my everyday life of excitement and lots of energy. But, you know, super passionate, super confident – you know, wanting to take on a lot of things. He worked for Bank of America for 28 years and then moved up into like president CFO kind of roles in that Bank of America, you know, banking, they have all these high titles anyway, but um, was running a few things and then uh, took early retirement and then worked for Regents Bank for, I don't know, maybe 10 more years. He actually finally fully, fully, fully retired in November of 2022. So um, Congratulations. He is I know. Good for him. <laughs> He's just a grandfather now, which is great for me, at least, because he, he's taken that job full on. But he has always been um, super business minded and super fiery and, you know, very direct. I'm from Pittsburgh, so it's 
it's not like um, it's totally out of the realm from, from where I'm from too, that I am the way I am. So you mentioned Tony as a grandfather. That would imply that you've got some kids running around the house. I do. I have a nine-year-old son um, who's in fourth grade. I have a seven-year-old daughter who's in first grade. And then I have our cherry on top, a three-year-old boy who is in daycare but thinks he's 10. So yeah, we've got a full house. It's as crazy as Madiv is with the merger. You walk into my home and it's pretty crazy as well. So so you, you come to a merger for peace from a relative standpoint? There's not a lot of quiet and peace in my day anywhere, except for at 5.30 a.m. when I work out, which might actually feed into why I do that. <laughs> There's one other, I think, peaceful and quiet part of your life, and that's your husband, Andrew, right? That's right. He does not have the same type of personality. Fair? Totally fair. Internal audit finance guy um, with the whatever stereotypical personality would be with that. Super Puts up with all your shit. <laughs> puts up with a lot of crazy um, from me and our family. But he works from home, which is great for him. And um, he's probably the, the kinder of the two of us. What do you guys do for fun as a family? Anything outdoors. I think I probably said this to you before, but like my happiest place is on a ball field of some sort watching my kids play either soccer or baseball. So for fun, we do outdoor things. So we might even, you know, we go to a park. My kids love rock climbing right now. They're really into that. Uh, we go hiking. We went on a huge hike over the break um, up in Seneca, South Carolina, where my parents live. And everyone was super happy and excited. So we, we, we play sports and we do things outside. So Good for you. With our, um, our dog too joins us. There is, yeah, I was going to say it's, it's uh, kind of a random thing, but Jackie and I, I guess, are kind of related in that our dogs are siblings. They're totally siblings. So I am not a gift person. Like I, I'm not great at giving gifts and I don't receive gifts well. I've just never. I'm more of a do something for you person. I guess whatever those five love languages is gifts is not one of them. But I gifted my husband a dog. Gosh, what was it? Three years? Yeah, it'll be three years, years on April 14th. Yeah. Two and a half years ago, um, our dog, our we had three dogs th or throughout our you know marriage. The last one had passed away. And I said, you know, we need to be dog free. We've got three kids. This place is crazy. We're not going to get a dog. And then Mike sends a picture of this red lab from this great breeder who had done a first time breeding. His wife was like, this puppy's amazing. And so I just texted and said, my husband wants a dog. We're all home with COVID. Feels like the right crazy to go ahead and just bring into the house with three crazy kids. And I surprised him and we went and I got it for his birthday in June. I think we ended up doing end of May, beginning of June is when we got the puppy and their sisters. Yeah, great dogs. Rennie and Frankie. Mine's Rennie. Very cool. Going back to your role at Mad of Jackie, what would you say is the very best part of your gig? I think the best part is having the ability to work with every BU across the globe. So, you know, we get to learn so much about so many pieces of the organization. 
and then directly impact that. So I can work with someone, obviously we've done a lot of work in industrials, so we can work with industrials and we can actually physically see the need they have and then fill that need with a person and, and see it thrive. And then we can work with packaging and specialty papers and do the same thing. And we can find someone, Nicole Green works with every plant across the business and um, we see the impact she makes every day in, in some of these plants. So it's working with everyone and then seeing the impact we have. Monica in Poland is also, you know, really trying to get her arms around the global piece, which has been a challenge, but fun. I don't know if she would say that, but I would say she'd probably say that. But getting to like really get to know those businesses and then, you know, finding the right person. It's so fun and fulfilling to find the right candidate for a job and, and see it work out. Is there anything consistent you would point to that you would say this, when this happens, I go home and just want to bang my head against the wall. It's like a consistent frustration driver. I would say, I don't know if I would say anything in my day-to-day job necessarily, but the data in the systems right now are a real challenge because there's some really exciting things we want to do, like you know, have an internal process where we can look at people across, you know, all legacy entities. And it's a little bit difficult to do that right now because we we can't be in the same systems to be internal. So we, uh, we have to find creative ways to do that. And especially during org design, we came up with some good solutions that then we couldn't use. And so then that was a little bit a little bit difficult, but we got scrappy and we figured out, you know, other ways to, to figure things out. But it's been a challenge for sure. You talked about what makes a great hiring manager. Are there qualities of a hiring manager that just drive you guys mad? Like, like you have an opportunity to probably influence a lot of them here on the Getting to Know podcast right now in the listening audience. What should they not do as a hiring manager? I would say as a hiring manager, not knowing what you need. So uh, we will talk to some hiring managers that say, well, I think I kind of need this, but I'm not sure exactly. Maybe I could look for this. I don't know the level, the uncertainty up front. We're, we always are going to pivot and change things, and that's completely fine. But um, having a little bit of, of a good foundation of what is needed is is necessary in these searches. So I would say that, and then a hiring manager who's not engaged and not responsive. So we might send three good candidates to a hiring manager and not hear back for a week or two. And in today's market, like speed is everything. And so candidates get unmotivated, which then makes TA get unmotivated and the process stalls. All that kind of stuff kind of plays together as a negative. The candidate experience is huge in all this, right? Huge. Especially today. I mean, we are trying to sell Madev. You know, we don't we don't have a ton of traction when we post jobs. I think a, a big misconception is, hey, talent acquisition posts jobs and they sit around and wait for people to apply. And um and this is true for Nina and and now Madev is we're still trying to make a name for ourselves. So and we're doing that, right? So we're going to do some, run some LinkedIn campaigns and we're going to do what we can on our end. But the candidate experience is going to be huge. So if we do all that and then we have 
some bad candidate experiences, that quickly festers in the marketplace, especially in today's world where like social media is so big and one person can say one thing online and it really kind of feeds into a lot of other places. So I think the candidate experience today is huge as we're building a name for ourselves as Madev. Uh, we got to go out and we are looking for referrals. We are looking through LinkedIn. We are you know, firing off stuff in Indeed. We're trying everything we can to try to get candidates and get volume. So every every bit of that candidate having a good experience and, and telling their friends and referring others is, is really helpful. Jackie, part of what I've always loved about you is that you lean in to the stuff that's not easy. You you specifically, when I, I, when I, I told you about this merger, you were so excited about it and you weren't excited necessarily because you had no view as to how crazy it was going to be. You've done something kind of like this before. You knew there would be some insanity that came with it. It would require a lot of blood, sweat, tears, and elbow grease, yet you were fired up about it. You also recognize the journey as part of the reward, which is, which is really important. That all said, what will this look and feel like when we really get it humming? I think we're going to look like a $3 billion company that's been around for a long time, right? So we're new, but in three years, we're not going to seem like a company that's only been around for three years. I think we're going to look at it and be like, we're best in class in a lot of things. I'd love to say we're best in class in recruitment by then, best in class in supply chain. I mean, we're building true capabilities in this organization that I think people are going to be super proud of. And and even like, you know, in previous companies where we've done this and then we go somewhere else and we thought that was crazy, but then we look back and we're like, wow, we really did something great there. You know, we we built these processes and and it works and we built these capabilities and foundations for what what these functions will be using for years to come. And so I think um, I think we'll see that in three years. I think in HR we'll see that. I think even in the short term that I've been here, I've seen I've seen glimmers of like, okay, this is how HR best in class looks like. Like we've got to keep pushing this in the right direction. Um, and I think we'll see that in in a few years for sure. Yeah, that is exciting. I mean, I, building something to last, whether it feels like you're making progress every day or not, just continuing to do the proverbial chopping wood, you build something to last so that future generations can jump in and make things happen um, as we continue to grow. Jackie, um, at the end of every Getting to Know podcast, we ask our guests three specific questions. I'm going to hit you with those right this very moment. Hit me with them. All right. So first question. What is always in, at all times of the year, the Parkhurst family refrigerator? You know, I've been asked this question like a lot throughout my years. In every cycle of life, it's a little bit different. I can even like remember what I said, even as a, a single person. But today... Beer. Lots of alcohol. But that's the fridge in the garage. In the fr- refrigerator in our kitchen. Um, I would say yogurts. My kids love yogurts. My three-year-old loves yogurts. My seven-year-old loves yogurts. My nine-year-old loves yogurts. My husband eats Greek yogurt with blueberries and honey every single morning. So it's all kinds of yogurt or just Greek yogurt? or So lemon, lime, Chobani, 
We call it green yogurt in my house because, again, a three-year-old. And then the Chobani flips. That's like their special like weekend yogurt. Drinkable thing? No, it's like it's like a yogurt and then there's like some thing like Oreo or chocolate chips and all. Oh, yeah, yeah. Flip it in. You mix it around. Always those two. And then always my husband likes full-fat Greek yogurt. He eats wit and he's kind and he eats very healthy. Um Good for him. Mm, I am not me. Good for him. Not me. Second question for you, Jackie. Amongst those who know you well, what would you say you're most famous for? Probably how loud I am. Definitely in an office setting with cubicles, for sure. Yeah, I would say loud and just like a, a big personality. You're not quiet. You don't have a small personality. But that's probably pretty common to do what you do. Yeah, I don't. Um, so funny story, my husband and I both, we met as recruiters in an agency. He quickly realized that his personality was not cut out for recruiting, which is why he went back CPA route and does that. Yeah. And I continued on this lovely ride. Though I would prefer to have Andrew doing my audit work, right? So like, you know, life is a balance. We complement each other. All right, last question for you, Jacqueline. So what would you say you are most looking forward to right this very moment? I think since the University of Georgia beat Ohio State in the Peach Bowl, I am most looking forward to flying to LA on a very overly priced flight to hang out with a bunch of girlfriends in Beverly Hills and go to the national championship on Monday. That's great. So for those of you in the listening audience, by the time this episode airs, we will have crowned either the University of Georgia or TCU as the national champions in American collegiate football. Um, Jackie brought that up in a very unkind way, recognizing that I'm from the great state of Ohio. And that was a very painful loss just a matter of days ago as we record this podcast. But that does sound exciting and expensive. So keep putting butts in chairs so we can continue to grow and you can pay for your national championship trips. I think we might be there a couple more times. So sounds great to me. Go dogs. Fair enough. Well, Jackie, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to spend with us today. Thank you for having me. It was great. We enjoyed it. We enjoyed it. For those of you in the listening audience, thanks for your time as well. I hope you enjoyed getting to know Jackie and understanding more about what it is that we're doing from a talent acquisition standpoint. And hopefully for those of you hiring managers out there, maybe picked up on, uh, on a few helpful hints from Jackie herself. So thanks again for your time, and we'll talk to you again in two more weeks. 